Welcome to The Experience Makers, a brand new podcast series from Cognify, WPP Marketing Technology Consultancy. I'm Jo Milne, I'm a journalist, and once a month I'm going to be reimagining customer experience with Cognify and their guests from across the marketing technology industry. We're going to delve into everything from what today's consumer really wants, right through to technology that feeds the experience economy and digital transformation. Whatever stage of the digital journey you're on, if you're in business today, this one is for you. So it's our first episode today and for our launch episode, Cognified CTO Cleve Gibbon is going to call for businesses to become platform businesses in order to deliver on the promise of exceptional customer experience. Cleve's going to lay out his theory, which is get platformed or die trying. And we're going to discuss some of the examples of businesses that have tried and failed and explain how businesses need to adapt to the challenge of the experience age. He's going to be joined by Ashley Friedlein, founder of eConsultancy, who's now building a platform business from scratch with his lead latest venture guild. Ashley Cleve, thank you guys so much for joining us on the podcast. Ashley, why don't you start by giving us a little bit of a background on what you have been up to in the past, what are you up to now, and how this idea of platform businesses has been interesting you of late. So I'm Ashley Friedline. I'm the founder of eConsultancy, which I founded back in 1999, so the last millennium. So we're, it's the 20-year anniversary, actually, this year. Congrats, that's amazing. Yes. Uh, and eConsultancy is really about teaching marketing people how to do digital marketing and e-commerce through guides, research we do, events and training. And more recently, I wear another hat as CEO and founder of Guild, which is a messaging app for professional groups, networks and communities. So sort of WhatsApp for work. And that went live towards the end of last year. So still very early days and is a tech startup, basically. Cleve, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and, and this get platformed or die trying is kind of your catchphrase. So I'd love to hear a bit more about what that is. Yeah, so I've been I've been building platforms for many years. So I I went to university um, and graduated with a computer science degree, and then um, someone asked me a simple question, which is how do I know whether this software design is good or not? And I couldn't answer the question. And so I went back and studied a PhD, which was focused around how do you decide whether one design is better than another? Um, and that exploration of what that answering that question took me to platforms. And those platforms were how do you look at things holistically rather than individually? Thinking about the people, thinking about how the platform's going to be used, and then looking at the adoption and enablement within an organization around all of that. And so now I'm a CTO. And it's a, it's a technology, it's the T, but as I've grown up now, I'm doing more therapy, more than technology, <laughs> which we'll talk about now, which is actually one of the important parts of transformation. So I uh, was at an event recently and someone was talking about um, platforms and uh, one of the, um, shall we say, older members of the audience kind of put their hands up and they said, I thought platforms were shoes. So maybe, <laughs> maybe we could start with a, with a definition of what, of what a platform is in this context. Okay. So um, there are many different definitions. If you talk to a technologist, he'll say that it's um, a common platform is a piece of technology that is standard that you can build things on simply. But I see platforms more as a business model and it's the way in which you, you construct that model and the way in which producers and consumers across that um, exchange value and generate revenue. The, the best ones I've seen, platform businesses, have a very clear understanding of the ecosystem of producers and consumers that exchange value. They know how to match them and they know how to deliver experiences at scale. 
And from your experience, Ashley, obviously thinking about it from a digital marketing perspective, how do marketing businesses think about the role of platforms in kind of making what they do better, more efficient, um, more monetized? Well, I think there are, as Cleve was saying, there's a pure technology type understanding of a platform. So some kind of like a data management platform or content management systems, email marketing platforms. But actually, more important than that is this idea of maybe connecting supply and demand through some kind of mediated way, which which is uh, suits ecosystems. And that as we've seen a move towards software as a service, for example, I and indeed business models moving towards, say, monthly subscription type models rather than single transactions. I you know, sometimes talk about everything as a service. Um, and, and, and for me, that fits in with this, this idea of a platform as an, an enabler, um, but that businesses and business models need to think more like being a, an enabling platform. I think one of the most interesting um, examples actually is the, uh, the government doesn't usually get a good good rep in the in, in the world of technology but gds government digital service talked a lot about um government as a platform there's a great video on youtube if you look it up um government as a platform and i think that vision is is you know, amazing actually and Clee, from your perspective you know you're talking about this a lot with various different types of companies obviously particularly in marketing yeah how, how does a marketing business start to even it sounds like it's a bit of a mindset shift. Yes. Um, how do you kind of start that conversation? Well, it's like um, it's like spark and a mind melt. You go in there and they're they're frightened. There is sometimes you go into a room and there's visible, tangible fear of the unknown. And the usual way of actually approaching that fear is you grab something that makes you feel more comfortable, and that comfort is technology. And that's why people say, "Why are you starting with technology first? It's because it's comfortable. Um, and with that technology, there comes an, an operating model of how you should use that technology. But the worst thing an organization can do is adopt the business model and the operation model of the technology. And you see lots of businesses not actually doing the hard work of figuring out how do we assemble this in a way that will take our customers right the way from the homepage, right the way out to the checkout journey in the shopping cart. Instead, they will adopt, ah, oh, this is the checkout journey that comes with this piece of software. Let's just take that and run with it. And then when you have lots of different types of technology, you just get this mishmash mm. of madness. And so for me, when I go in there, it's of talking with the right people to actually find out where really are your pain points and how can we actually put the technology to the side for one moment and let's go back to the drawing board and figure out how we're going to make you grow as a business. This sort of phrase, digital transformation, I mean, it gets used quite a lot um, and not always with the sort of context as to what really goes into making that happen. And I think particularly for businesses that aren't traditionally based on a technology product, but are now using technology in order to serve the customers or sell to customers or provide a service, whatever it is on top of their sort of original product, that rethink doesn't necessarily come so naturally. From eConsulty's perspective, I mean, you guys are training people up on this and trying to incorporate these new ideas into marketing. What do you think have been the biggest sort of challenges that have come with this shift? Uh, as Cleve was saying, a lot of it's about fear and, and that comes from change, really. And so there's an awful lot of change happening. And getting used to that change or resisting it, I think, is, is a pretty key challenge. And that's not just change in the technology. That might be change in the fundamental 
business model, um, which is under threat potentially. It's change um, in the skills and capabilities that you need to work in this new environment. And it's even change in the way that you work. So we may come on to agile and things, but the actual operating kind of rhythm and processes within businesses is also changing. So everything from you know, the business model to the team skills, the organizational structure to the actual rhythm of how work is done are all in flux. So here's something for you, Ashley. So you're a dad, right? Yeah. The very first time you had your kid and you held it in your hand for the first time, was that scary? Yes, obviously it was a mixture of sort of strong emotion, emotions <laughs> yeah. and attachments. But I, I think I had to go, and it was my, my elder daughter, I was told by the nurse that I had to go and bath her. <laughs> and that was quite terrifying. <laughs> How does one do that? Am I going to yeah. drown her on her day one? <laughs> exactly. And I had a similar kind of thing when I had my first kid. The amount of change that that one event triggered was... I didn't know what to do. And I, I think of the same way as an organization. Digital Transformation is a change management program, and it's a series of events that you're constantly changing and adapting, just like a new parent is to a child. And it's really important that you figure out the things that work and things that don't. And with a boardroom, it's not just two parents. You've got multiple players, and some of them are legacy leadership. Some of them will last a distance and some of them don't even want to be there. And as you go in as a person trying to help in that situation, you need to figure out who really is in this for the long term and who really is just you know, playing lip service. When it comes to digital transformation, where's the priority? Is it about scaling up those that are within the business to be able to have these quite technical conversations? Is it about employing technical people into traditionally non-technical um, industries and, and organisations? Or is it about using outside companies? Like, What do you think is the sort of best way for, for companies to go about this yeah. change without it feeling so fearful? Well, I think, I don't know whether you were going to ask this, but it comes a bit back to one's definition or understanding of digital transformation itself, which was the journey towards uh, being a digital business. And it's a journey, not a destination, a bit like a child, really. It doesn't end. Um, and also, that, so that begs the question, what do you mean by a digital business? And we define that as a business having two things, one of which was a, uh, a focus on the customer experience, irrespective of channel, uh, and secondly, one that had a, a digital culture. Uh, yeah. This comes back to the sort of people and things. Mm. And that digital culture had um, seven elements to it, or seven sort of hallmarks mm. of what we felt was a digital business or digital culture. And that's sort of customer centricity, being data driven, yeah. being a collaborative, transparent, a learning culture, and agile. Um, and so, if you if you see those hallmarks in a business um, and they are customer centric then we would say that was a digital business or that was what a digitally transformed business was like. Mm. Now, I mean, the interesting thing about that, that has nothing to do with technology and right. actually mm. nothing to do with digital. Yeah. Right. So you can be, by our definition, a digital business and not have touch anything technical if, as long as you've got that culture and that customer focus. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's, I think it's a lot. People tend to think about it in terms of technology only, but I think it's much broader. Did you have any examples of which companies were better at it than others? I think perhaps that's changed a bit over the years, but the but fundamentally it comes down to people and you know that phrase about culture eats strategy for breakfast or lunch, or yeah. <laughs> and that you know and that good people can uh, overcome a bad structure. 
ultimately it's about the people, the individuals um, and the team. And more particularly, particularly for large organizations, it's about the senior leadership team. So I think it's very hard if you try and do it just ground up then it, it doesn't usually succeed. I think you do need a, 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 both. You need, I mean, sort of ground up, we need top, top down as well. Yeah. I had um, many anecdotal stories, but the one that really shook me was about 10 years ago, I was at a publishing house and we were brought in as the CMS people. And our job was, it was simple. The vision was to kill Word. Um, Word was not to be used in a publishing house. But um, they realised that to be able to scale they couldn't have people, journalists, writing word. And so we sat down for the first uh, meeting and I had the, the editor there who's responsible for um, hundreds of journalists. And we sat in there in the meeting and we were talking about, it was a mobilisation phase, and we are talking about this is what's going to happen on the project when the CMS comes in. And we got to roughly 45 minutes through the meeting and we were just wrapping up. And as we were wrapping up, he basically said, um, really good, I um, really wish you well in the project none of my journalists will ever log into your CMS. Mm. Uh, and at that point, I took it upon myself, is that right, this is the start of a journey. And the journey is to educate, um, show him that it's going to be beneficial to him. But most importantly, I had to make it simple for them. And also, they won't give anything into the system. And what we needed to do was for them to give us descriptions around the articles, the metadata, so that when the journalists were writing their articles, they were getting recommendations of what other journalists are doing on the system. Mm, mm. They were getting recommendations around this journalist is with writing this content had reached across the globe in seconds and also it was recommending don't you don't need to write this because it's been written somewhere else and so only when they started getting stuff back did they start putting stuff in Mm. and for me that was like a like a light bulb moment around digital transformation is that you're never going to change people until a they understand the pain they're in um, then they understand where they're going to and then there's a clear path to get them from the pain to the promised land. The only thing I'll just say on that, though, which is we've noticed at um, e-consultancy over the years doing lots of training and digital skills as part maybe of a digital transformation initiative is that perhaps somewhat sadly, when you look at uh, carrot versus stick in terms of trying to get people to embrace new skills and ways of working, the carrot is, you know, you say, well, we'll give you some free training and this will help with your career and et cetera, et cetera. And, and the stick is mm. we've got to do it because it's part of your, you know, KPIs or whatever. I, I, would, I would agree with that as well. And, and I've seen, and it's hard, I've seen the best companies are those that hire slowly but fire quickly. Attrition, I used to think, was a dirty word, but it's not a dirty word. It's a healthy thing so long as it's managed because with change, if you change what you're doing, then you're most likely going to have to change the talent within your business to support the new business models that you're putting in place. So I think digital transformation is is something that makes sense in a lot of industries that kind of consumers are seeing on a day-to-day basis. So you see, for instance, Mm. like, you know, the Uber effect, the Airbnb effect, or Mm. look at Blockbuster, look what happened to them. And these sort of stories are are very kind of prominent and, and make sense. Could you maybe give some examples of where digital transformation or the platform has been brought in to a marketing company and it's been a sort of successful change and how that kind of happened. When you put a platform in, it's like throwing a grenade into choppy water and watching watching it all sort of implode, explode. Um, what we've seen is that now when we put a platform in, you have to be very careful and you have to sort of picture ahead what that impact's going to be and then start managing it. And so success for us isn't the delivery of a platform. Um, success for us is understanding 
the enablement and the adoption of that platform within the organisation. And that's really important because before it was with a creative agency, you do a design, you build a website, and they'd be like, this big, massive, woohoo, we've just delivered the website. And then that's day one. And so whenever we design for uh, an experience or a new platform, we're looking, success for us is, what are the net, what is it going to look like in terms of the operations of the content team, the marketing team, the merchandisers, all of these people, 101 days post-release, what will they be doing on the platform? And then you do right-to-left planning from that, which means you're planning the operational model first, you're planning what people will do and what tasks they're doing and how the platform will enable them, and then you start building the necessary requirements that will actually fulfil those needs. Well, what would you say are the sort of examples of where a marketing company can can employ tech so for instance i mean data is obviously a big discussion mm. so gathering cons- uh, consumer insights or maybe for yeah. customer service or maybe for i don't know email marketing campaigns all the way through to actually the efficiency of delivering the marketing product to mm. clients what like how would you sort of map the opportunity within marketing tech the marketing function has been the uh, first and hardest hit by the digital in, in a broad sense because it is very customer facing and because you know consumers whether uh, in the business context or as individuals we have we've adopted all this new technology and therefore we are have extremely high expectations because we're used to Amazon and Google and Facebook etc so the technology and the consumer adoption pace is way ahead of where most companies are so i think the marketing function is going through the you know, childhood and then teenage years of a digital transformation ahead of other functions. So you're starting now to see, you know, HR tech's a big thing or operations, but marketing's gone from the world of the four Ps of marketing, the mad men, advertising driven things through TV of the 1960s. And then, you know, even in the internet era, we've had, you know, search engines weren't around so long ago. Social media wasn't around, nor was mobile, nor was video. Nor I mean, these are, and now messaging, um, you know, with WhatsApp and stuff. So there are entire new channels of media and ways of interacting that have come in the last 10, 20 years that marketers have had to try and get their heads around. Consumer behaviours are changing. My daughter is 18. If she wants to go anywhere now, she'll get in a car with a stranger and take her from A to B via Uber. Same with, if I want to go and stay somewhere, I will go and stay in a stranger's house, that's Airbnb. All of these things show that consumers are more comfortable and it's easier to do. So the consumer behavior is is fast changing. The technology that enables that is changing even faster. And so you're seeing the amazing disrupted advances in technology. What's not changing is the organizational transformation that's required to support those those needs. Actually, from your perspective, you know, you're building a product now with Guild that is a platform that can come in and make some of these processes that happen in big businesses happen faster, happen better. I guess what have been some of the challenges of trying to plug in new interesting technology into a client that might not already be as comfortable? I think ultimately what you you need to be able to achieve, which is has been a bit of a change, is that in the old model, which was much more hierarchical and command and control, the decisions would be made at the top and pushed down. Whereas now, um, a lot of, and this is true, a lot of technology products, um, you, it almost needs to come more bottom up. So, I mean, if you take tools like Slack, for example, which has become very popular mm. and things, it's, it didn't really start, or even um, WeWork, arguably, as a sort of platform, but didn't start with sort of freelancers. And so they start with the individual 
and often there's a freemium kind of model so it's very easy to engage and they focus very much on the customer experience so the actual product itself um, and then uh, hopefully there's a sort of network effect and all that creates an upward push into the business and businesses generally are having to become more porous more sort of ecosystem so sort of the way they work with suppliers the with gig economy the way they work with freelancers um the way they have to uh, you know uh, parents for example yeah. want to have more flexible ways of working all this sort of stuff mm. means that um uh, you know you need to be i think easy to use easy to get going yeah. um um as opposed to say the old way of long sales cycles and lots of contracts and lots of process yeah. and, and lots of sort of linear waterfall type things. It's, it's much more fluid than that now. I, I like that because the best way of doing business that I've seen that's actually useful is you co-create value. You tap into your ecosystem of participants. You look at agencies, you look at people who do the best content. There are a bunch of people that are in your ecosystem that are going to help you run your business to drive benefits through your platform to ultimately engage with your consumers because I see a lot of clients out there that don't even know who their partners are or what they can do. One of the things I always think about when the word disruption comes in is with a particular industry you think okay imagine this industry just didn't exist at all and we suddenly decided to make it exist in 2019 versus kind of incrementally. So from Gil's perspective you've obviously built a business nowadays right what sort of mindset how did you think about building a business bearing in mind that technology and then from your perspective Cleve when you're mm. talking about businesses it's, it's more about how do they adapt or how do they sort of rethink without having to kind of yeah. literally disrupt everything and ruin their business and then rebuild it from the ground up how do you yeah. kind of tackle those things yeah it's interesting if, if you go to you know a big tech company the Googles and Facebooks or if you go to a tech startup I would be very very surprised if you met anyone with digital in their job title or that they used the word digital at all you know it just and you know even younger people now i remember interviewing someone a while ago now and mm. I said, say so what you know, what social media do you use and they looked at me a bit blankly <laughs> like even the word social media was and i thought i was being you know quite with it yeah. and so oh you <laughs> yeah. mean facebook or whatever or snapchat and the point being is that the i guess digitally transformed or digitally native businesses including startups don't talk about digital mm. at all mm. Mm. it just is you know mm. all yeah. this stuff just is normal is just is just the way it has always been for a mm. lot of you know the younger people growing up now they've always had the internet and they've always mm. had mobile phones etc so yeah. this is not new and actually interestingly the challenges then are often about you know a lot of the successful digital businesses the startups or the scale-ups are now going offline you know they're going mm. tv advertising they're opening shops mm. and stuff so it's not <laughs> So their form of transformation is not about becoming more digital necessarily in the way that most people might understand it. It's the, it's the opposite. They have challenges. They're going traditional or classic. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's the, the more important than thinking about digital is about, you know, what's the problem you're solving? Yes. It's, the, uh, it's the customer experience and being customer centric. It's about smart use of data. It's about the ways you operate, so agile um, ways of working. And those tend to be um, just the way you start now in, in mm. a startup and therefore it's it's sort of the new normal and you mm. don't question it and actually you have to almost learn then 
the more traditional stuff, which is still important, certainly when you get to a certain scale. Okay, so building on that a little bit, what you know, how do you know when you've succeeded? What what would you, what would you say is kind of what does success look like? Can you measure? What would you use to measure? I mean, you can obviously say sales or yeah. happiness of customers, yeah. but you know. So when you say sales, well, sales is a good thing. It's um, it's not a dirty word. So I would say. If you're a B2C customer, you tend to go on the customer CSATs and all of those things. It's like a happy feeling. But if you're in B2B, there are models, there are ways. I want to increase the number of customers. I want to increase the average order value. I want to increase the length or frequency of orders with, with my customers. And then you break down those goals down into very specific objectives. And those objectives will go down to this customer journey will re result in an increase or decrease in that objective against that strategic goal. And then you split it up down in those ways. And all of a sudden, you have lots of small bets you can break down into small modern offices if you like and then fund that, innovate around that and see whether it really quantifiably impacts the business. To kind of wrap up what we're saying then, what would be your, your one kind of golden piece of advice? Think big, start small. If you can't break down a problem into words that you can't communicate, that don't even make sense to you, then you don't really understand the problem. I think I'd say that uh, digital transformation is a, a journey rather than a destination um, and that you should expect it to take at least five years. Mm. Uh, and I mean, I'm making that figure up. But the, the point, <laughs> the, the reason for that is that I think a lot of times it fails is the the expectations of, you know, let's buy a bit of kit or employ an agency or do this that, and the other and that we've ticked the box of digital transformation it just doesn't happen that way. Mm. And so you've got to think about this pretty long term because it is quite hard and complex and it, it does take time. And, you know, as Cleve is saying, then you need to break that down into, OK, so let's put some expectations about how you know, the different phases that we're going to go through um, in order to get there. A couple of years ago, I came up with a, a what I call the modern marketing model. So it's a new framework for, for, for marketing, which tried to blend the digital and the classic, you know, an evolution of the four Ps model, etc. And And, you know, interestingly in that, the word digital doesn't appear at all. The word customer appears in three of the 10 kind of elements. And so I almost think that the digital transformation is, is the wrong goal, or at least the wrong question almost. And that actually more important than that, we say, well, if we can become truly customer obsessed, and really care about the customer experience and if we can use data to inform i mean that does you know um emotion and empathy and storytelling and and is all st still super important too mm. but what ultimately i think is driving that is that at the strategic levels is a a recognition that customer centricity or customer experience is the source of competitive advantage you look at the apples and mm. things this world and google's so at the most senior levels, the business is driving towards that uh, customer centricity. Yeah. And a big part of that is digital and indeed is marketing. Amazing. Ashley Clee, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You've been listening to The Experience Makers, a Cognified podcast. You can follow us at Cognified on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram, or you can visit us at Cognified.com. Make sure you look out for next month's episode. We're going to continue the experience conversation and continue bridging the marketing technology divide.